0: Now, let me tell you what you just said, whether you realize it or not. You just said, look, I don't really care about what's happened in my past. I don't even care what my circumstances are at the moment because there's something I can specifically do right now that will make my future either better or worse, and the choice is mine
1: welcome to the ziggler show i'm your host kevin miller and i'm here to inspire your true performance from the framework established by zig Ziglar, one of the top motivators and personal development leaders our world has ever seen who believed we could all be more do more and have more how by improving ourselves beginning with how we think about ourselves so today let's break down some personal development in this show we hear a message from zig Ziglar about our ability to choose Uh, To choose how we'll make our day, our life better or worse. Obviously, we can't control everything, but we can control what's most important, which are ourselves, our actions, our responses and perspectives. It's powerful medicine and it radically affects our reality. From the message and with the new year in mind, I asked listeners this question. What is a new decision that will make your life better, better that you are going to make for the new year or considering making for the new year? We got a near record number of responses and Tom Ziegler joined me and we talked through a number of those responses. It's just incredibly inspiring. So we'll start off with Zig's message after I share some great resources with you. All right, here then is a quick one-and-a-half-minute message from Zig to get us rolling.
0: My objective is to get you to make some decisions today that will give you immediate benefits. But more importantly, they'll still be giving you benefits 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years down the road. The choices we make are absolutely incredible. I'm going to start by asking you four questions. First of all, how many of you honestly and sincerely believe, as a matter of fact, you're totally convinced there's something you can specifically do in the next three weeks that would make your personal life, your family life, and your business life worse? <laughs> can I see your hand, all right? Then how many of you believe there's something you can do in the next three weeks that would specifically make your personal life, your family life, and, a bi- and your business life better? Can I say your hand, okay? How many of you believe the choice is yours? Okay. How many of you believe every choice has an end result? Okay. Now, let me tell you what you just said, whether you realize it or not. You just said, look, I don't really care about what's happened in my past. I don't even care what my circumstances are at the moment because there's something I can specifically do right now that will make my future either better or worse, and the choice is mine. Folks, that's an awesome realization. It eliminates the blame game. It eliminates an awful lot of things because it means you've got a choice.
1: So there you go, folks. Simple, profound, and of course, actionable, uh, though not easy, granted. So again, from that message, I posted this question on Facebook. What is a new decision that will make your life better, that you're considering or going to make for the new year? Well, here then, Tom Ziegler and I read through many of your comments. Well, Tom, on this message from your dad, one that I have heard so often, just the power that we have by making a choice and taking responsibility, knowing we have so much control over the good or the bad that's going to happen throughout our day, our week, our month, our life. Uh, I just thought, hey, we'll just honor the first of the year here and make it kind of a New Year's question. And uh, thus, again, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say the question one more time here. What's a new decision that will make your life better? that you are going to make for the new year or considering making for the new year and had so many responses across the board here. I thought it'd be a lot of fun. And as I read through them, it was just inspiring to see how people have, uh, are really just thinking through what is it that they need to do to, or want to do to make their life better for the new year. I know Tom, you often have, or at least last year, I think, uh, was it last year, or the year before you had a word right? It was like your word for the year and everything that was the rudder for the year. What was that?
2: So every year I pick a different word. So I've, you know, or two words, one year it was uh, pure and simple, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and so every year I haven't come up with my word for this year yet. Okay. Um, you know, and, and it could be this phrase because I've, you know, we might just reveal it right here on the podcast, Uh, I think my phrase or word for this year is the title of my book that's coming out in March choose to win. Yeah. And it comes down to choices. I mean, even how you decided this, you know, what, what's the question, we get a choice, what decision, what choice are we going to make that's going to make our year better. And so when I dig into what does it mean to win and you can choose to win, what I'm really saying is there are habits where the fruit of the habit is winning in that area. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's everything's choose to win.
1: Well, I, I don't know if there's any more powerful word than that to me right now as well, Tom, following this interview, I'm going to be, or, or this, uh, our show right now, I'm going to be interviewing Rick Hanson. He's the author of the book, uh, hardwiring happiness is what he's known for, but his new book is resilient. So much of it talks about that, just taking responsibility and having the freedom that we have a choice. We can, drastically dictate the results of the next moment by what we do. Well, so here, here we've got a whole bunch of people who have said, Hey, here's my, here's what they're choosing to go after for the new year and we'll read them and uh, comment as the spirit leads. You ready? All right, here come here, Kim Duncan. She says, I have decided that I need to have the confidence in myself that others around me have shown they have in me. No more second guessing myself, man. I think we all know people who we think are amazing. And yet they, we think they don't understand how amazing they are. How often do you say that, especially as a parent, you say it to your kids, uh, and she's going to say, well, I'm just going to believe them. I thought that's, that's a good, I'm with you, Kim. Good, good on you.
2: Yeah, I love that. We were around somebody who to me is very professional, very, uh, you know, does everything correct, uh, And while we were with this person, they self doubted themselves like four or five times. Mm -hmm. And I thought, gosh, you know, what a, what a, what a handicap. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not that we don't look back and reflect, Hey, did I do all I could? Did I give it a hundred percent Did I deliver, you know, over deliver what I was doing? That's not the point. The point is, is that when we show confidence and we have confidence, then our performance goes up. Yeah. And so we have a choice. Why would we choose anything that's going to reduce our performance? And, and so that's where that's a powerful one that Kim's talking about is just moving forward, have confidence, don't doubt yourself,
1: and learn from your lessons. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. No more second-guessing myself. Awesome. Gregory here, he says, reducing uh, this year he's going to, re- reducing distractions by divesting in some previously beloved endeavors with which I've fallen out of love focusing and focusing. I I appreciate that. That speaks to me of doing those things that make you fully you. And I think we often, we, I do at least, and I see it in others as well, though. We look at those things that really give us joy, but maybe it's not a have to, right? It's not work. It's not taking care of the family. It's not yada, yada. It could, and we get put it in the category of almost like a luxury. Well, if I can afford the time uh, for myself, feels kind of selfish. And yet I know that my wife and I finally realize with each other, those things are vital. It makes, you know, whatever that is for my wife, it makes her better for all of us. Please go do that thing. Don't look at it as, an, as a luxury. Look as it as a necessity to requirement to be the best you, which serves us all best. So that's been a, a constant process for us over the years to look at those things that make you full of you. Those are, maybe, maybe those are some of the most important things.
2: Yeah. And you know, a good habit, which I love here is, man, just taking some time to evaluate, okay, what are, what did I invest in in the last 90 days? What's doing it for me? What's lost its, you know, its impact. And especially people who work out, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. who grow bored with working out. And it's not that the workout is bad. It's just that what you're doing in the workout needs a little bit of variety. So, you know, health is what we're really striving for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the ultimate goal of who, who you want to become is the same. But I love uh, Amy Jones, who was, who was a member of the Ziegler team, a speaker uh, here. She passed away too young, but she used to talk about addition by subtraction and it 's amazing how, when you can subtract things from your life that are no longer taking you in the direction you want to go, man, what a great choice mm-hmm. so you actually add to your life by taking things out of it
1: yes, yeah, I, I put it under that cliche of not letting uh, the 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 good you know get in the way of the great so there 's a lot of good things I got to get rid of, so I can focus on the great thing because we are finite. Oh, well, here's a couple that go back to back. Sheemus says uh, whether uh, whether or when to drop the day job to push the side hustle to the next level and be a free agent. Uh, Tony Cooper says quitting my current job position to pursue my passion it will reduce a ton of stress that comes with being the CEO of a nonprofit. And more, I think, especially with our audience here, we have so many people who are self-employed, pursuing side gigs, side hustles, as, as we like to call them so often. And that often comes to the forefront. When we look at the past year went by, what's going to change this year at the end of the year? Are we still going to be in this job that we have that may not be the most fulfilling thing, may not be the outpouring of what we really feel called to do, what we really have a passion to do? Uh, and, but it's a big one because it's money, it's work. It's, uh, so much wrapped up in that. So that we got a lot of comments in regards to that, Tom, I know you're surrounded by people who are going after something in a self-employed aspect, a, a solopreneur entrepreneurship endeavor that is, uh, probably the most exciting thing that they've got to look forward to right now. Yeah, And, you know, it's, it's the, the wild card in any situation is you, mm.
2: Right. And so what's what's 30 percent of your focus, attention, heart and passion going to get you versus 100 percent? And so I always lead, you know, lead with and lean on, Okay, what am I passionate about? But I'm a test but verify kind of guy. And so when somebody says, you know, the side hustle, do I push it 100 percent? Hey, You should already be getting some feedback, some positive response from the world that says, hey, we need more of that. Right. And so I don't really I don't like the uh, jump and and then plan. You know, I like the the plan and get feedback and then make it make a really focused decision on it. That's why when when we talk at Ziegler about the Wheel of Life concept, about having a strong spoke in every area, your family, your health, your mental mindset, you know, your personal goals, your budget, your finance, all these areas. The reason we talk about that is when you're creating a passion, right? When you're, when you're giving birth to the new thing man, you got to be operating on all cylinders while you're growing it, because you've got to, you know, I think it was John Acuff who said, you know, build your dream job while you're doing your day job. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that, but I think we're lying to ourselves if if it's even fair to who we're working for now to stay there beyond the time, right? Because somebody else is going to step into that role that you're going to leave, that you feel obligated to, uh, that's, that's going to do better because it's a fit for who they are and where they are. So it's a win-win when we make the decision based on the right information.
1: I, I agree. Sometimes we are, we are taking up a seat that is somebody else's dream job, uh, we need to get out of it. Well, hey, you mentioned the the Ziegler Wheel of Life and the spokes. So uh, on that note, Grant Lawrence, he says, I love the Ziegler Show. I am a 20-year-old college student and listen to the show every day. I'm making a decision relating to each spoke of my life. Uh, mental, I'm reading one book a week and listening to seven podcasts per day. Spiritual, I'm reading two chairs. Uh, I'm reading through the Bible in a year. Daily Proverbs. Uh, corresponding to the day of the month, reading a chapter in Psalms and the first person talking with God and setting and doing one witness goal each week. Physical. I'm running my first marathon family. I'm scheduling at least 30 minutes to spend non-distracted time with my parents and sister financial. I'm setting aside money to first give, then save, then live on the rest. Personal. I'm stretching my comfort zone and backpacking through 13 different European countries and career. I'm passing the CPA exam and beginning my MBA. My gosh, what would the world look like, Tom, if every 20 year old was doing what Grant is doing right there?
2: Oh my gosh. Gee whiz. I mean, that is unbelievable. And so, you know, one of the things when you're 20 is you've got all this incredible opportunity that's going to happen over the next 60, 70, 80 years of your life. Now, when we look at lifespans. And so the number one key is, And I think there's two things that that you can maximize when you're 20 and it looks like you're doing it. Number one is sit on the fast track to develop yourself as the person who automatically produces the fruit that you feel called to in your life. Mm. Right. What is it? You know, maybe it's self-discovery right now. Maybe you don't know what that is, but if you're constantly investing in yourself in your, in your thinking process and your character and integrity and your decision making, And even if you're living like Dave Ramsey says on beans and rice, but you're investing in yourself, that's awesome. And number two, don't dig a hole that's going to take 10 years to get out of. So don't finance this adventure with debt. And based on what you're saying on your financial thing, you're not doing that. Man, it is okay to live uh, month to month without a lot of money when you don't have responsibility. And it doesn't sound like you have financial responsibility for anybody else in your life. Gosh, if you could, if you could just chalk up the next couple of years to what you can learn, who you can become and without digging a hole, man, this is unbelievable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Totally agree. Man. Just, uh, here's to you, Grant. That is, I wish I was doing that at 20 years yeah. at 20 years old. Don't you wish you could travel back in time to your 20 year old? It would not, it would not hurt my future. Uh, no, no doubt. <laughs> Well, Steve Rosen, who we know well, he says simply moving back to the Midwest to be closer to family and lifelong friends. We know him. We know that's a big thing for him. He's got a business and a community and a network that he's leaving to move. So it's a big deal. But I I actually pull that out because I really like the concept, the thought of moving as a kid, we moved quite a bit. Uh, And even in my, my young uh, married life, we did that. And to me, it was exciting. I mean, you get to get rid of all the clutter, get rid of stuff, sell stuff, give it away, kind of start fresh, go somewhere new. That was exciting to me. And uh, a big move to that nature, like what Steve's doing, I'm not going to be doing anytime soon. But... In my own life, there are some circumstances that change, people that we were you know, taking care of and really investing in that have gone on now. And uh, we're looking at some things that my wife and I are involved in and then stepping down from some things. And to me, it's almost like a new move. Like we get to, we'll do this. So January one, we've got new year's coming up and we as a family look at goals for the new year. And my wife and I are going to be talking about that and talking about okay, this is a new place. We're not going to be doing these things. What are we going to be doing instead? What are we going to invest in? For us, it's going to be more margin. It really is. Uh, it's having some margin, having some downtime, not being maxed out like we had gotten into the groove of. It. And I, man, I'm excited about that. So to me, I'm really going to be looking at it as a move. This is a move. Here's our circumstances. We're going to change some things, and even to the idea of getting rid of stuff. You know, just clearing out the house. Let's, let's Let's give a couple of carload stuff to goodwill. Just get rid of the clutter and just free up margin, margin, margin. Maybe that's it, Tom. Maybe I just found my word for the year. Maybe it's margin, but I like putting an aspect of, I don't have to think of oh a little incremental change. I can look at it as a move. I am moving to a new reality that I get to start the next day. And that's exciting.
2: Yep. I love that. And I think, you know, this fits on some reading that I did uh, throughout the year this year. And that is a whole mindset, whole mind shifts. Uh, thinking process. And the thinking used to be, hey, my greatest asset is my house. And right now, the way the the world works, the way people generate income and and build a future financially, is if your house is an anchor, it could be the reason that you're saying no to great opportunity. And so the, the concept isn't don't, you know, don't not own property because property in the right way is is a great investment. But what mm-hmm. it's saying is, is don't let where you live be a, an, uh, a burden or a weight against your greatest ability to impact the gifts and talents that God's given you. And so what Steve is really saying is, wait a second, I am, you know, I've recognized in my life that things don't matter, but relationships do. Wow, Right. And so, The fact that he's making a move for relationships says that he's got his 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 treasure in in the right place. But no matter where we are in life, it's the same thing. And so for a long time, I I think for generations in the U.S. at least, gosh, our treasure was our house. Right. And so any type of move or any type of change that that meant we had to have a real estate transaction to facilitate it and that was a lot of energy time money and so a lot of people would give up before they even even explored it so where is your treasure where is your greatest anchor as far as it's going to allow you to maximize the gifts and talents that God's given you and and then shift the mindset a little bit you know maybe maybe you you still own property but you don't have to live in that property right yeah. So, yeah,
1: I, I like it. I mean, I'm not going to be moving from my house, but kind of that idea of you can have a vacation and go somewhere. I have a staycation. So we're not actually moving, but we can move our perspective right there in the property that we have. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Uh, Jennifer Harshman, she says, my new decision is to strictly limit my working hours, even if it means decreased income. In the mid 2000s, I worked myself almost to death. It took a long time to recover. I've been feeling it creep up again, and I'm putting a stop to it now. Rest has to be a higher priority, even than food for me, because without the former, there will be no need for the latter. Uh, Right on that, Melissa Greller, she says, I'm going to make sure I spend more quality time with my children, not just being around them, but being present and interactive with them. I have worked from home for a couple years and gotten into the groove of being home and working. I now want to be home and be home. There hasn't been a divide of work life and home life. My oldest started her freshman year of high school this year, and it made me realize how fast time goes by and how we need to cherish our times with our kids while they are young. Man, both of those sound just to me like just like what we were talking about. Their real estate may not change, but they are going to make a move to a different reality, a different paradigm that they're going to wake up in and go forth through that day uh, in a new place. Uh, That's, that's, that's immense.
2: You know, one of my friends, Don Schmidt, uh, he was telling me about an in-law of his, I was a dentist over in Holland and he came home one day and he, and he missed his his kids again, right? He, he, he didn't see them all day. So he went to his accountant and he said, Hey, I'm going to be at home every day. My kids offers are off from school. And he was going to his accountant because he thought he was going to take a huge financial hit. And so he rearranged his schedule to where he was off his practice every day. His kids were home from school. And in Europe, they take a lot of vacations. Well, the next year they did the business and he actually made more money. He was more profitable, even though he'd worked substantially less days. And he went to his accountant and he said, what happened here? And his accountant said, well, well, I'm not surprised. And he said, why? And he said, well, Here's the thing. You're putting in some long hours now. You're doing 10, 12, sometimes 14 hour days when you're there. But your motivation, your energy, your attitude, your relationship ability is way up because you're not work is not your purpose. Right. Your family is your purpose and your work is just a vehicle that allows you to enjoy your purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I think for people who are saying, man, I'm going to work less even, and I might get paid less. uh, In a lot of cases, you'll actually find out the opposite that when your work is to fuel the purpose of what you do, then the work that you do becomes more powerful. The way you transact it becomes more powerful. And so you might be surprised, but it's definitely the right sequence. And then getting more sleep. I'm all about that. Alexandra, my daughter, showed me something on the iPhone last night. She showed me that you can actually change the light setting and program it into your phone. And so there's something about looking at screens. The harsh light keeps your brain waves going. And so the iPhone now has a soft light. So I, I like to go to bed about nine every night. So I've set my, my light on my phone to go soft starting at seven at night now. And so simple choice but it's all about the recognition that if I don't get enough sleep, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to be effective. So i got to put my brain in sleep mode before I go to sleep.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a big deal that we're seeing more and more and more research and, uh, and science on. So, Tom, we actually got a timer that my router in the house goes into. And at a certain time at night, it just shuts off. it shuts off and in the morning it uh it turns on and and that is that is great uh sometimes we'll just do that sometimes we'll just unplug the whole thing early let's just let's just stop it get everybody off um but that is something that we're seeing the need for as we've gotten into this screen-led culture that we we all tend to fall into somewhat um crystal here she says i'm gonna let my yes be yes and my no be no it's easy for me to say yes to everything and everyone to my detriment and so i'm going to be letting my inner voice shine even more well crystal that is one that i it's a continual path for me i'm a yes man i am a people pleaser and i am learning slowly but surely to kindly say no for the betterment of everyone not just myself it's not just about me it's so i can be better for everyone and i found that so often i would say yes and i would do things with a wrong attitude even a martyr attitude sometimes or i would just just take myself uh kind of like somebody said a minute ago just dig myself into the ground where there's nothing left that's not good for anyone. And I've had to reframe that. So to me, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a big move as we keep talking about, uh, right there.
2: Yeah. You know, a couple of tips there. Uh, one of them I learned from dad, uh, if, if somebody was really wanting a yes, and there was some pressure around it and, and the example he was given with our kids, you know, our kids, a lot of times will hit us up. Hey, can I go do this? Right. And we're in the middle of stuff where it's the end of the day. And dad would answer this way, whether it was to a business associate or to the family. He would say, if you need an answer right now, it's no. If you can wait until tomorrow, then I will look at it. And so for us people pleaser types, that's a lot of the times, right? And so I kind of, that's my mental thought process. Once it gets to be about 3.30 or 4 in the afternoon, because I'm an early morning person, Mm That's what I know that if it's a complicated, yes, I just don't make any decision until the next day. Yeah. So,
1: Hey, I like that too. My wife, sometimes it's ten thirty or 11 and she's got a question I go, honey, we can talk about this at 5 AM. I'll be all good to go. But right now we're not going to get anything, <laughs> anything good out at all. Um, well, Hey, this is, this is somewhat in that same frame. Sean Langwell says, I need more prayer and meditation. I am a master when it comes to getting things done. That sometimes comes at a price being too uptight to enjoy the good things in life. I need walks in nature, finding time to be still, to pray, or meditate; those will dramatically improve my mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health. Ironically, by intentionally building time for these things, I will likely have more headspace to be creative, and will actually become more productive and less stressed. Sean, yes, you will. Man, I've got to remember that myself. I can, I can do two hours of work in four hours. I am, I am great at doing that uh, when it could only take two hours. If I would take twenty minutes and go for a walk, go take some time to myself, uh, go get a little bit of margin, then come back refreshed again. That's just something I, and I honestly think, you know, our work culture, Tom has probably harmed that where we've gotten into the, you know, the nine to five, eight to six, whatever it is, you come in, you do your work, you don't do breaks, you get your time off after that. And we've gotten used to, you sit down and you just churn it out and grind it out. And yet our most creative, influential people are habitual with, getting really good work out of these, you know, short time periods or, or whatever long period, just like you were telling the story of a minute ago after, after whatever period, and then having the time off, whether it's a 14 hour day and then nothing on the next day or whether it's blocks of time, whatever is a secret sauce for you. But yeah, we go, we get so, uh, I think wrapped up into this, just wait, we call it the grind. Let's stop grinding. It doesn't, uh, grinding just wears us down. That's the term grind.
2: Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, there's every now and then on Facebook, you'll see somebody post a quote and at the end of the quote, it'll say, you know, said no one ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it, this just popped into my head. You're spending too much time with me. The creator of the universe mm. never said.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. But again, we it's, it's the culture. So we gotta, we gotta look at that and know the power is strong there. Even I do that. I'm self-employed. I can work whenever, however I want to. And I still get caught up in the day, you know, that's when everybody else is working. It's when my kids are in school. And yet I don't, uh, it's not usually what gives me the most efficiency. Um, Elizabeth here, she says, I will do. I want to do what will make me feel good long-term instead of what is temporarily enjoyable, especially with respect to food and technology use. Man, I think she hit the nail on the head for the two things that we tend to do for what feels good right now, food and technology. We're good at putting some things off, probably some of the things we shouldn't, like relationships and and big uh, experiences. We shouldn't put those off so much. But we do, again, as a culture, it's just what we tend to gravitate towards yeah, food and technology, and then we suffer the results of those short-term dopamine hits that we keep hearing so much. My gosh, we interviewed Simon Sinek. It's probably been a couple years, Tom. Uh, he's the author of Start With Why, and he has some incredible videos that have just gone viral on the effects, the negative effects of our addictions to screen, which even myself, I think I'm not addicted to, to screens. And then I've got the, I got a new phone, and it gives me that... Weekly or daily usage thing, and I, it's shameful. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm, maybe I'm talking on the phone for an hour, okay, that's not so bad, but how often am I checking anything, the weather, checking to see if my family posted something neat? It's not all bad stuff, but how much time do I have that dumb screen open in front of me? It's just an addiction. <laughs> yeah, you know, dad said the number one reason that people
2: do not achieve their goals and dreams as they trade what they want most for what they want now. Mm. Yes. And so it's, it's easy to say, Oh, I want that now. Uh, but we've got to really put in, we've got to keep in light. What are we trading it for? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's powerful.
1: That is powerful. Here's here's something powerful. Evan Renfro. He says, acting in boldness and courage to know that the person God created me to be is not the timid, shy and overly self-critical version I have been in the past. And as I work to strengthen these qualities in myself, I want to guide others to do the same. Man, that's some insight into himself that God that God did not create him to be the timid, shy and overly self-critical version. Of himself he has been in the past. but I am reading more and more on that, and I, I like to sum it up for myself, and I cannot give out to others what I don't give to myself. And uh, if I can't feel that confidence, I mean this is so much this is the message of Ziegler if I can't look in the mirror and say those affirming things to myself with confidence, man, I can't give that to my kids as well. That's so convicting, Tom. It's almost shaming. In in all reality.
2: Yeah. I got to be before I can do. I've got to do before I can have, and I've got to have before I can give. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yep. Um, Hey, here's another one. Chris McNall taking control of my schedule, making the things that are important to me priority when scheduling my calendar too often, everyone else's needs take up too much of my time. I mean, we read that it's easy to nod your head to, but it doesn't feel good to tell somebody No. Uh, But if we can do, and and, and Tom, I'm sure you've, I I have seen some people who have taken this too far and their self-care and their boundaries are so tight and so wrapped up. They're just kind of a wall in unto themselves. And maybe people have seen that that's burned you, but uh, I think it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I've also seen people do it with graciousness. Well, you know what? I think about your dad, Zig Ziglar, and how he you're you're you know telling about every night, no matter what's going on, no matter what has happened, and family's over, things are happening. And the nine thirty comes, and what happens, Tom?
2: He would stand up, and he would say, "Didn't matter if we were family, friends, guests, whatever." He'd said, "Well, I don't know what y'all are doing, but I'm going to bed." <laughs> <laughs> he would just. He would just head off. And so, you know, one of the greatest habits that you can do for this is just carving out what I call the perfect start at the very beginning of each day. And you get the foundational things done in that very first part of the day. And part of that is, you know, reading, meditating, praying, learning things that will help you become a better person and then taking the time to schedule the priorities of your day and then work on the priorities in the way that's going to benefit you and those you love the most. It's amazing what happens to your availability when God intervenes and says, Hey, wait a second. I know you've had God tap you on the shoulder, basically turn your head and say, Hey, I know you're trying to get that done, but you need to pay attention to this. When you have the perfect start, when you have that habit, it allows you to have the margin later on, for the little things that just come up in life that are so important.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, Tom, I'm looking here trying to pick out a couple more. We had so many responses. I am going to give us just a couple more before we wrap up, but folks, if you want to read some more of these and they keep coming in and they're so inspirational, go find me on Facebook. It's my personal page, but you'll see a Ziggler logo up there. Agent K as in Kevin Miller on Facebook. And I posted this question on December 18th, 2018 and there are so many comments i think it's really inspirational a lot of people have responded back to each other uh supporting each other encouraging each other and the things that they said so uh, please feel free to go there and continue that and 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 put your own down if you want to so we can uh, respond to you about that but a couple more here uh you just mentioned the morning time and, uh, Tom, Nicole Kristen here, she says, I haven't sat down yet to totally reflect and goal set and plan for 2019, but I know I want to discipline myself to practice the miracle morning each day. I do some parts of it each morning, but I'm not consistent about doing all the lifesavers each day. I know starting off my morning, right? Will impact so many other aspects of my life. Well, with all the people that we interview here and as I go through their habits, I don't know that I've come across anyone yet who does not have an intentional plan for the morning because they have found such dramatic value in that. And I've heard so many stories, including my own, that when I started doing this, it was initially that, oh, my goodness, I'm going to get up at five whatever uh, for myself to I am excited about doing that. And it's you know, again, back to Zig Ziglar. And he said, it's not the alarm clock. It's the opportunity clock. And if you don't believe that's possible, try it for a couple weeks uh, of getting up in time to have the time that you need to set your morning. Right. And I, I've, I've just heard consistent testimony of people who've gotten and all of a sudden it clicked. And they said, I look forward to it. I need it. Uh, I, it makes me, it makes me be a better person. It has changed my life. Uh, the testimonies are just irrefutable, Tom.
2: Yeah, and you know one of the uh, one of the things that I reflect back on is there's a, there's a doctor friend of ours, and he's a psychiatrist, and he works specifically with bipolar. And he actually prescribes that his patients, besides doing all the medication and going to the you know the ongoing counseling, uh, so it's all medical. He also prescribes Dad's series, "How to Stay Motivated," for them to listen to. Mm. And so in a conversation, I said, well, why is that? And he said, well, when you have a condition like this, the first thoughts out of your mind in the morning can generally set the day. And he said, if I can get them thinking right out of the gate in a positive mindset about the possibilities about who they are and how they were created, what they can, you know, how they can control what goes on, then we have a much better chance of keeping their thought process in the positive, proactive I'm going to happen to life instead of the reactive. Oh no, life happens to me. Yeah, Right. And so we just know scientifically, we just know that's the way the brain operates. We also know, uh, if, if we've gotten comfortable with ourselves and we've dug in a little bit, we can also tell when we're starting to go South, when our brain is starting. Mm -hmm. And that's where, if we know ourselves, we can plan an interruption. We can create the habit of, hey, I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to go drink some water. I'm going to text somebody I love. I'm going to listen to some upbeat music. I'm I'm going to do something that changes the track that I'm on. And so I, I love this, knowing that, you know, when we start the day right and when we recognize, hey, we're not perfect. The world's not perfect. Things that we don't like do happen, but we have a strategy on how to have more consistency and how to make life better.
1: Absolutely. And that right there strategy, whether goals is as a word that excites you or whether it's just choosing a direction, have, having some intentionality, um, find the word that works for you. But uh, there's nothing that will power our lives more than setting a destination, knowing that what we're going towards. Wait, I'm going to I'm going to end with one that was pretty significant here, Tom. Uh, And I've seen her post before, and her name on Facebook is Lady Rella, which I didn't know what that meant, but she actually uh, mentions that here. She said, I'm going to do some serious and conscientious thinking, visualizing, and planning about who I really am so that I can align the person that I am, who I've always been deep down, and reflect this in every aspect of my life. I also need to come out of the shadows. Do you notice I'm not even using my real name on Facebook? A number of reasons for this. I want to be the face and the image of the work that I do. It's taken me years to get to this point. And the Ziegler show together with other podcasts and books have really helped me overcome my limiting thoughts and get the strength to believe that I can openly be me. Without fear. I've always known I wanted to serve others. I've been the happiest when I did through voluntary work or other types of service I've engaged in in the past. But for some years now, I've lost sight of what really matters to me and have become entangled with a living experience that has brought me stress, anxiety, and lots of moral dilemmas, particularly in the workplace. So, It is time to reassess my whole life, set goals for every aspect of it in order to never forget my purpose in life. I want all aspects of my life, my health, relationships, parenting, spirituality, career to be interrelated and to work together to help me achieve success by helping others. Just like Zig said, I'm really grateful to you guys and everyone who makes this podcast possible for being there and speaking truth. Tom, back to Steve's thing. She is ready to make a big move.
2: Yeah. I love it. You know, I love the, I think it's the Japanese who look at a beautiful uh, piece of pottery or vase and that's been used for centuries and where they see the beauty is in the cracks. Yeah, wow. It's in the everyday. That is where the beauty comes from. And so I, I just, I want to apply that. I would say that a good 20% of those who come through our Ziegler legacy certification, One of the doubts they have when they walk in is, am I good enough? You know, can I carry this name? We'll look at everybody else in this room. Their life seems to be perfect. And when they grow through the class, like the graduation uh, reveal is, wait a second. You are good enough just the way you are. In fact, the cracks, the, the way that life has happened to you, the way you've responded to it, the things that you've learned along the journey. Those are the real things that are going to make the difference in other people's lives. And so it's not a, it's, it's not a, uh, you know, just a complete denial of these things happen to me. It's wait a second. These things happen to me for a purpose Mm -hmm. and who I am today is it's beautiful. Right. And I've got to have a right relationship with myself and with my creator, but who I am accepting who I am, is going to give me the ability to reach people who nobody else could reach. And if there's a meaning and purpose of life, we know it's to serve others. But what if the trials that you've been through, either because life is unfair or because of bad decisions or a combination of both, what if you're in a perfect position to help somebody nobody else in life can?
1: What you said about the cracks, uh, you know, when I talk about all the people that we, all the guests that we have here on the show going through their habits, none of them uh, don't have some intentional morning ritual in the same sense. I can't think of one person who we've talked to who is not cracked. That's where they come from. That's what, that's what And I don't mean to minimize anyone's cracking out there because some of it is just tragic and really hard to see the redemption in. But that there it is. There's where we're looking at. We've all got cracks and we should, my gosh, if you don't have some cracks, you're probably not trying hard enough. Even if you didn't come from a tragic, you know, upbringing, I don't know many big, uh, business successes that didn't wreck a business. Uh, maybe it wasn't tragic, but that's how they learned. They learned what not to do. They learned what to do, right? There's gotta be some cracks, but can we have those be redemptive? And like you said, Tom, use those to do what we couldn't do otherwise, what other people couldn't do, um, and what's unique about that crack, or do they overcome us? I mean, there's there's the Holy Grail in so many senses right there. So here's to being cracked. What do you say, Tom? Amen. Um, cracked in 2019. So we go with that. Yeah. Man, gosh, Lady Rella, whatever your name is that maybe will be revealed later. Thank you for sharing that. I think you just spoke to all of us to some degree, and uh, it's mo- one of the most inspiring post. I think that, uh, that we got there. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you all for responding as you have Tom, uh, always a gift to do this with you. I am inspired. Amen,
2: brother. You do a great job. I love getting all the reports of what you're doing. So ah, the Ziggler uh, the Ziegler show, uh, people are you know, they are eloquent in how they speak of how you've been the caretaker for this and really taking it to the next level. So as we finish 2018 going into 2019, I'm blessed and you're part of it.
1: Thank you for blessing me. I am honored to be a messenger here of the Ziegler message and how it weaves its way through everyone's lives. Thank you all. Blessings to your new year. Well, there you go folks our charge that we do have control we can choose we can take actions to make our day our week this next year better uh, we're not going to be blown by the wind circumstances of course are going to happen to us no doubt but we get to choose now how we're going to respond i mean it sounds pithy and trite but it's just true it will take however daily work it's not something that we'll just understand right now, have knowledge of, and go forth with much of any difference. It's going to have to be a daily investment in having good choices, making good decisions. Well, hey, I'll tell you what's coming up in our next show after I share some great resources with you. Okay, coming up next in show 643, we talk about one of the most dangerous threats to our lives, what we don't know, what we don't see. My guest is Kerry Newhoff. He's a speaker, podcaster, pastor of one of the largest and most influential churches in Canada. He's written a book titled, Didn't See It Coming, Overcoming the Seven Greatest Challenges That No One Expects and Everyone Experiences. So here, I'm going to list them out here real quick for you. Cynicism, Compromise, Disconnection, Irrelevance, Pride and Narcissism, Emptiness and Burnout. And he says, we're all going to come up to those at least. And he gives us 11 warning signs, uh- if we're getting close to falling off the cliff into one of those areas. Folks, I was really intrigued by the message in our discussion. I mean, nobody sets out to become any of those things or even says, hey, I'm, even, I'm open to, to falling into those areas. They just happen over time, like gaining weight. And we see people who have, and we're going to realize, and I think you will during the show, that you're probably veering one of those ways already. Carrie just does a masterful job of opening our eyes with a breakdown of things like needed self-awareness. We really talk about that a good bit. A burnout quiz that we talk through a little bit and just guidance on overall kind of doing a personal audit to clarify, where are we? Where do we need to shore ourselves up? Where are we in danger? Where are we doing well? It's just a significant discussion, folks, which is why we're bringing it to you. Well, till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.